Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you today. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you? I'm doing well. Radiant right. rare to go. Yeah, yeah. And it's not even Monday. It's Tuesday <laughs> or Wednesday. Who knows? One of those you know? days. <laughs> but anyway, uh, our our business is never ending <laughs> if we're checking up on trying to uh, sort out facts from fiction. Yeah. But that's been uh, around for a long time, historically speaking. But once again, we want to talk about... Uh, you know, Europe uh, and uh, the problems that the Europeans are having with the Russians. The Russians don't like the Europeans mm -hmm. and uh, they're getting ready to fight. But, you know, um, we want to talk about the expansion of what's happening in Europe. But it, it is in a way shocking to know how many troops we still have in Europe when, uh, when there was that hope with, uh, you know, the uh, breakdown of the Cold War. Yeah. That we, what, what do we need to be over there? There are arguments against being over there even when the, the Soviet system was strong. What, what's the reason for being there? And, uh, oh, yeah, the Russians won't leave Berlin unless we promise to do that and we won't, we won't antagonize and we won't do anything. But nevertheless, all this stuff proceeds, and it's in the interest of some people, for various reasons, to continue the buildup, uh, you know, militarily speaking. So there's, uh, in recent months or year, uh, you know, it's expanded up to 100,000 troops. Yeah. You know, in this day and age, the truth is, if, if you really wanted to defend a country and you had a few specialized modern weapons, uh, you know, and they, when they can target people, you know, on a sidewalk, uh, it's it's a mixed blessing on there, but you don't need a hundred thousand people yeah. uh, to uh, get get rid of a bad guy if the bad guy is really uh, the, the the problem that they have. So they're uh, now they're talking about uh, sending more 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 troops, but they've changed the wording. Uh, those hundred thousand and what's been going on since 1980, uh, 1990 yeah. has been. Oh, that, this is just temporary. Yeah. <clears throat> temporary. Uh, they they want to make it put up, up front and give people military security and financial security. Those on the receiving end, we want to make these permanent bases yeah. because that way we'll have permanent peace. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, this is the best thing that's ever happened to NATO since the end of the Cold War. <laughs> you know, this conflict yeah. in Europe. And, you know, we should and the and NATO and the military industrial complex. I mean, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to them. They were floundering around for years looking for a purpose. And now they have it. They're going to fight Cold War, maybe Hot War 2.0. <clears throat> NATO has been training and equipping the Ukrainian military for eight years. They've been teaching them how to fight Russia and kill Russians for <clears throat> eight years. And when finally the war breaks out, uh, it's a self-serving kind of situation for them because now they can say, aha. So they've been goading Russia on for these eight years. And now when they finally get what they've wanted all along, uh, they're thrilled. And let's do that second clip. I, I transpose it to. This is from military.com. This is uh, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, Millie, who our friend Doug McGregor says is one of the most woke generals we've ever had. New permanent Europe bases should be built to host rotational troops, Joint Chiefs Chairman says. More new bases, and not just in Europe, Dr. Paul, but let's go to that first clip uh, that I, I messed it up. Poland, Romania, and the Baltic states 
are, quote, very, very willing to work with the U.S. to establish such bases and could take on the cost of construction, Milley told House lawmakers during testimony to the House Armed Services Committee, quote, they'll build them, they'll pay for them, he said about how U.S. presence could change amid global alarm after Russia launched its unprovoked war in February. This, that, when I first read that, Dr. Paul, my first reaction, that reminds me of all the neocons before Iraq saying, this war is going to pay for itself. <laughs> yeah. Remember, in fact, we're going to make a profit off it. The idea that the dirt poor polls, and, relatively speaking, and, and Baltics are going to ramp up, build a bunch of bases on the border with Russia, because this isn't just Europe, this is the border of Russia, build a bunch of bases, pay for them and maintain them themselves out of their own budget. Uh, you know, I believe that well, you can sell me a bridge between Lake Jackson and Clude, right? <laughs> you know, uh, I, I think you're onto something because I think it's a fact that you talk about that uh, this, this is a good excuse. For the, the job is, is to get rid of NATO and get rid of the, what's going on over there. But uh, they, uh, they, they don't expect that all of a sudden that's going to happen. But the way it happens is traditional. Uh, countries that feel uh, that they are king of the hill, uh, they, they never last forever. Sometimes they last way too long. But uh, in recent history, they're lasting for shorter periods of time. They don't last as long as the Roman Empire lasted, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. So now they, uh, they, 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 they're they rushing this. So if they do this, 100,000 troops, and they don't have any money in the bank. And uh, they already have, I think, the uh, taxing authorities working very hard. But the real taxing authority is the people who just print the money and create the credit. So that's just going to usher on uh, more sooner this whole whole thing of the crack up boom and you know the destruction of the economy so uh, indirectly uh, this may may be helpful somebody said oh that's terrible you're wishing for bad things but uh, the truth is if we uh, left for any particular reason from Europe uh, I don't think that would be bad uh, but what what they would say is oh yes but it's going to make us poorer yeah. you know because we won't have an excuse to build these weapons and do all this thing but the, the whole thing is is uh, the, the two reasons why most empires uh, they spread themselves too thinly around the world and want the empire to continue to grow and they pay for it through fake money and I would say we have a little bit of that going on yeah, most, uh, if, if only more Americans or most Americans would understand that this whole conflict over, the, over there right now is not in any way, shape, or form related to the U.S. national interest. You know, the, <clears throat> the media and the government in every single conflict paints it as the new Hitler versus the free world, the new Stalin versus the free world. If we fail in, this, in our endeavor to defend democracy in Ukraine, another domino will fall. You know, it's always the same story. It sells fairly well. Today, with the social media, there is some pushback. Uh, of course, then you get canceled. But Americans should understand that the borders of Ukraine are absolutely inconsequential to our well-being, to our security, to our safety. In fact, going over there and defending their borders instead of our own actually makes us much more vulnerable because we're that much closer to a full-blown nuclear war over something that is absolutely unimportant to us. Yeah, the uh, principle of open borders uh, that is t 
it, it's not so much it's open because we are, uh, you know, really principled, loving people that want to help somebody in trouble. It, it's the whole thing is it's it's so costly. It's so costly uh, to the American taxpayer. Is it an invasion? I see it as a property issue. You know, we have collectivized property, but when uh, when illegals come in, it really is a violation. You know, whether it's a government paid taxpayer paid hospitals and schools and parks and everything else then they come in here and if they can't get <clears throat> a good place to put up their tent they do it in downtown uh, 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 Portland. San <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so there's all, all, always a cost there and that is uh, that, that is something that will be realized they can't reverse the cost yeah. you can delay it you can play games you can punish some people over other people there's lots of things that they will try but you cannot stop the payment. The payment always has to be paid one way or the other. Sometimes it's fairly done because the people who had benefited tremendously uh, <coughs> will get have to pay the bill. Unfortunately, <coughs> you can be darn sure the poor and the middle class will be uh, the biggest group of people in numbers that will suffer the most. Yeah, and we're already doing it when we have to go get gas. Well, we've got a piece by David Stockman on RonPaulInstitute.org, uh, which is a great piece, and I recommend people read it. And uh, he talks about it. it all starts with the number $813 billion. That's the Biden defense budget, which I'm sure Congress is going to hike up. So it's all about this. It's all about robbing uh, the middle and working class in the U.S. Uh, in favor of the elites. This is the second topic, but it's related because it's Milley again. Let's put on that next one. Uh, this is the same thing of him before Congress. Uh, and he says, top U.S. military officer, Ukraine conflict will likely last years. It's almost as if he's rubbing his hands together. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> thankfully, finally. And he believes this is going to be a very protracted war. It will last for years. This is the guy, of course, who's been wrong about everything. He was wrong about our departure from Afghanistan. Uh, he's like the Bill Crystal of the military, right? right. Every time he says something, but, the opposite is true. But, but don't you have to agree? He's still, unfortunately, in the system. He still has clout. Yeah, he does. You, you know, uh, it's routinely reported. It's never a qualification, you know, that he is the final. Sort of like a, uh, he's a military Fauci. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, military Fauci. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, but, you know, uh, this whole idea uh you bring up the word defense, and we use it as the DOD on uh, defense appropriation. But that, I don't know what year they did it, but it, it really was a smart move on their part, the military-industrial complex, because doesn't it sound a little bit friendlier if uh, if people have to sacrifice to have defense? Yeah. You know, don't, let, don't let the Russians come in, and, and don't let us get uh, bombed, and all these things. And, and yet it's... Uh, <clears throat> there was a time at the beginning of our history, it was called the War Department. Yeah. If you were to put money in there, and you weren't supposed to even have standing, a standing army, I guess they think, where are you guys coming from? Yeah. But I would suggest that uh, when this one totally fails, why don't, you, why don't you try it once again about not having a standing army yeah. and uh, try uh, ha having a way of, uh, of, of not paying for things uh, with uh, debt and, and uh, inflation. That, that would change things altogether because this is, going, this is accelerating in an exponential manner. And, and that's, why, that's why, well, 
how could, how could anybody have said that QE is a dangerous thing to do? Well, QE was the most absurd monetary policy. We, you, uh, uh, people now are saying, well, you know, the, um, the Marxists in Congress, they want this uh, uh, modern monetary theory. Yeah. Well, we've been doing it for a long time, and it's gotten worse, and they wanted to make it even worse. Just just produce the money, and that's going to take care of it. But it uh, it will eventually have to come down. And I, I, uh, I, I think if people realize all debt will be paid uh, when it gets too large, and because you can't you can't pay it back or you can't pay the interest. Well, there's no interest in a way. There's no interest. There is because interest is worked into the cost of things right now. So there is always a, always a cost when you live beyond our means. Yeah. So it's a, to, me, to me, it boils down to a moral issue that the most people should realize they don't have a right to live beyond their means if they're taking what they need from somebody else with a gun. Yeah. Oh, well, that's a that's a bad criminals doing that. No, that's government. Yeah. That's what government does because they knock on your door if you don't uh, if you don't pay up uh, for the military. Some people tried to strike in the 60s. They tried to strike the uh, military part of their taxing, you know, and say, I, I don't want any of my money going to the war. Yeah. But uh, that, 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 uh, that didn't work. It was, <laughs> the, it was the disgust of the people and, uh, and the death numbers that finally said enough is enough. Declare victory and leave. Yeah, some victory. Yeah. Well, Milley says it's going to take years. It's going to last years. The war's going to last. You almost, again, there's a sense of glee. But, you know, the people that we listen to, the military experts that we listen to, the actually successful ones, people like Scott Ritter and Colonel McGregor and others, they have consistently said this war was essentially over from the first couple of days when the uh, air superiority was gained by the Russians right away. Uh, and we see that now. We had a... And, and David Stockman writes about it, too. We had that 40-mile stretch of Russian military right outside of Kiev that was never hit that entire time. That means you have no control of the skies. And in fact, um, uh, Carl Quintanella of NBC News tweeted this earlier today. If you could do that bonus clip. Uh, and I have not checked these numbers. I'm, I'm assuming that he knows what he's talking about. He's been an anchor with NBC News. Um, that bonus clip, if we can, it's from Funstrat. Um, our data science team has been tracking the casualties and losses associated with the Russia-Ukraine war. Ukraine has lost 1,969 tanks, or 91% of its equipment. The armament of that army is rapidly depleting. I am not sure if this is a well-known fact. And if you look at that chart, you can see 100% of helicopters, uh, UAVs, 100% lost, uh, 95, 91 tanks, air defense system, 56% gone. I don't, again, I don't know these numbers. But if you look at an army like that, you're not talking about years. Uh, and I'm sure that the General Milley is very depressed about that, but you're actually talking about uh, days. And, the, um, and in fact, um, the, Wal the Washington Post, if I have it here, um, of all places, put out an article that was fascinating because they, um, and just call it up, Dr. Paul, I had it queued here, but I, I'm halfway blind. Um, Washington Post, of all places, okay, and this is via antiwar.com, they put out an article, the Washington Post reports that some NATO states prefer that Ukrainians continue fighting and dying over a peace that comes too early. Now that, if it's not cynical and sick, and I would guess it's Poland and the Baltics, they want, they are pushing, and the UK and the US, they're pushing Ukraine to keep fighting, although it's very, very obvious 
that, that the, the war is lost, so more people will die, more infrastructure will be destroyed, more civilians will be killed. They're pushing them to continue doing this when the smart move is to find a way to negotiate and make peace, whether through the Chinese, the Turks, or somewhere else, try to find a way to end. This is a hopeless war. And you'd think there would be more resistance in Europe, Eastern Europe, but they're, they're, they're cooperating pretty much. And once again, what I see as the greatest tool they have is the warmongering uh, uh, media. You know, yeah. they're, they're able to stir up that trouble. They either get people terrified and fearful that they have to go along with this and they have to believe things that aren't true and uh and, and they do there is support uh even though even even when the support starts and it's significant just like there was a, a resistance toward covid it was building it was building uh a long time it finally overwhelmed but uh you didn't it wasn't fairly reported so the people really didn't have much of a chance that's what happens on these things they you know they're they're it's it's emotion they see they see all the things that are happening there and uh then it's twisted around and saying well you you know uh it, the, the russians are going to uh overtake and we need to send more money in and more tanks and and uh, they continue the process but all the wars that i've sort of paid more attention to the ha always have to have a monster out there to destroy if you don't have one you got to create one yeah and i guess the czechs are sending in a couple of dozen soviet era <clears throat> tanks that's going to help a lot first of all all the fuel stores have been destroyed uh, there's no fuel there's no spare parts and they're basically giving them free here have a free death trap this ought to be fun really it's sick well let's move on a little bit because a uh, little bit on covid here this is something from our friends over at um, uh, the, the Defender, uh, uh, RFK Jr.'s outfit, 70% of COVID cases among CDC employees in August of 2021 were vaccinated employees. And this is obtained through a Freedom of Information Act request that has the data. You know, I'm not surprised, but I was still, I, you, you know, I was still shook up. I better, I better read that twice. Yeah. You know, we've been saying that it isn't effective and, and it's all a con game. But uh, even when I saw that, I thought, well, this, this must be, uh, you know, some right wing extremist <laughs> doing this. Uh, but now it's coming out that, uh, that they literally, uh, uh, you, you know, people who work for the people who are supposed to give us the best advice you know, are ending up, and they were obedient. They got their shots, and they still, 70% of them got it. But they said, well, you, they just didn't get enough. They need, what were we talking about last week? Third, third fourth, and fifth, maybe. Yeah. Keep it going, you know. So that's, that's the problem. They, 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 fib, they fib a little bit. And now to be, to be, you know, completely transparent, we're not talking about hundreds and hundreds of people. We're simply talking about the percentage because the numbers that came out from the FOIA request August of 2021, the number of positive reports were 36 uh, people from the CDC got COVID in that year, in that month. 25 of them were breakthrough cases, meaning the ultra rare breakthrough cases, meaning that they had been vaccinated and still got it. So that's where the 70% comes from. So we don't want to mislead people into thinking it's hundreds of people. But nevertheless, this wasn't supposed to happen. Walensky herself, remember, she said, these shots are like 90% effective. You're not going to get COVID if you get it. 
Well, even her own employees, unfortunately, found out the hard yeah, way. But the response should be from a scientist and say, well, yes, th th this is a smaller number, but it has to have some significance. It's an indication we be, should be testing more yeah. and finding out. And they, and they do suggest the different things that should be done to learn more about this because uh, that, that, of course, is important, but they don't. Of course, you can get into trouble if you talk about science, yeah. you know, uh, unless you get it approved by somebody, so, unless Fauci approves it. Yeah. So I guess we'll move on to our last uh, little uh, topic here, uh, New York City, or did you have some more on the No, I, I was just looking at the uh, vaccine adverse uh, reporting oh, yeah. system uh, that uh, <laughs> it's run. It's run by the FDA and CDC. Yeah, yeah. And, and even they came up with some statistics that you know uh, that we, we should look at. I guess it had to do with that COVID stuff. But it isn't like it is. It is it's not the enemy that's yeah. doing that, or their challengers. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but but anyway, uh, it gives it more credibility. Uh, but uh, the, the uh, well, Alinsky got involved in that a little yeah, bit yeah. too, and uh, she was she was in disagreement with this because somebody said that uh, that these COVID jabs are the most dangerous vaccination uh, that were ever ever cre created, and uh, she said she disagreed with that, and she really didn't know much about the study. But that's what the people that were studying. That's probably a bit of an exam, exa exaggeration, yeah. but it's still the point that it isn't just a couple, it may be a small number, but it's just not a couple people who have already been labeled and they'll never recover yeah. from the, the destruction of their, of their uh, character and their credibility. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Okay. Well, let's move on to New York City, and this is a story that, <clears throat> that resonates in, on a number of levels. And we'll put on that next clip. New York City mom <coughs> who confronted Mayor Adams over toddler masking. This is kind of a follow-up for, from your comment yesterday. She confronted the mayor over the toddler masking, was fired by the city the same day. Uh, she worked for the city. She's, I think if she was an attorney, and it was a press conference, and she said, Hey, Mayor, you said you're going you're gonna to free the kids. You're not going to make them put a mask on. In the last second... You had a panic attack, and you came in and you broke your word. What's up with that? And and her point was that that uh, he pointed out to you. You said this on April fourth. Uh, the toddlers who aren't uh, really threatened at all. Uh, most scientists now will agree with that. They they that uh, they're they're going to have to to wear wear a mask. So in a way, he he she was applying. I don't even know if she used the word, but. He was flat out lying to yeah, her, you yeah. know. So, so they he changed his tune and all, but uh, you know when when this started when this happened and she confronted him, uh, you know this thing was that said within an hour she was she was fired and it was the same day, uh, you know that that she she was fired. But they, their excuse was, oh no, uh, she she was already. Uh, suspended, and she was already accused of being a liar. Mm. She she claimed that she was a journalist. So I got to thinking, why don't we compare the authenticity of who's reaching the truth? The person that's looking for information, you know, in this day and age, everybody's a journalist. Yeah. They should be anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So she she, she wants uh, the the journalist. She says. Uh, you know, she told Eliza, we have to get rid of her. But how does that compare 
to the, the lies told by the CDC, by the Fauci's of the world, and by this mayor himself. Yeah, yeah. And, they, and, they, and then they claim that she's the bad person, yeah. and she told a much more wicked lie, yeah. and yet she, she approaches the truth uh, much better than, than the rest of them. <laughs> and I would encourage, and we found this on Zero Hedge, I would encourage people to go to this article. Uh, I think it came out yesterday. Watch the press conference. Watch the look on the mayor's face. And of course, you know, this is subjective. But in my opinion, the look on his face was one of pure hatred when she dared to challenge him on this issue. He was furious. Ironically, and it's a little bit funny, <clears throat> the event that the mayor was at was a LGBT whatever uh, event. And the banner on the podium where he stood was, come to the city where you can say whatever you want. <laughs> and here goes this poor old mom saying what she wanted, and boom, you're out of there. You're on the street. It, this, this woman was a government employee. She worked in the Justice Department, and she's been off her time with... Uh, uh, with uh, her, uh, you know, uh, having a baby. And, and she, she was... Um, she, she was then uh, saying she was going to she, uh, she that was when she argued that she was a journalist yeah. but uh, <clears throat> according to the spokesman the decision of chapel had and her decision to lie and say she's a journalist caused them to do it that, that well that's like i said that's that's just that's just a far stretch of, yeah. of what's going on you know so they don't like right. being challenged that's for sure yeah that is true and they don't that's back to this thing at the very beginning we said we may got more mileage when we could get a picture uh, and it would be recent it wasn't like uh, 20 years ago they said something last week they said something we're in the same speech yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they flip over and say something else people people responded favorably rather that was information that helps helps them be suspicious of, of what's really going on yeah well I've got a couple of short things to close out if you're ready okay. uh, First of all, this is just kind of a little fun fact aside, and you asked me about this this morning. You didn't know I was going to put it up. But put up that next uh, article. Um, it's from Politico, that next clip. I, just, I love the cover. It's, a, it's an animated cover. It's a GIF. But uh, Ron Paul's Revenge. Uh, it's a very long article in Politico. Uh, our friend Jeff Dice sent it to me, and he said, if you can ignore a lot of the snark that's in the article, there's actually a lot of good stuff in there about how you've influenced uh, the crypto community. The subtitle is His Political Revolution Sputtered, Then His Disciples Found Cryptocurrency. Now they want to force Washington to finally grapple with his strange ideas. Yeah. <laughs> the, the author was uh, an investor in crypto. And you know, uh, I think a lot of people know where I stand on it, but it is not exactly. Uh, uh, something there's a lot of people who can come down the one area they're either strong crypto strong gold or strong both uh -huh. and uh and mine is um it, it, it makes me think about how i answer the questions about uh are you are you are you the guy that wanted to legalize marijuana for so long? <laughs> yeah. I said no. I never wanted to legalize marijuana. I never got up there and said it. I wanted to legalize freedom, yeah. which is a big difference. And you get to make your choices, <laughs> and then you decide whether it's good or bad for you. Same way with, with the crypto too. And of, of course, I'm very sympathetic with for the legalization. I had all these bills in for competition. So p people who understand that and buy crypto just because I don't absolutely agree and. Sp put every nickel I have into yeah. buying crypto, uh, they, still, they still understand the position of what freedom is all about. And we're looking for 
a, a free society to solve our problems. You know, all kinds of problems, medical problems or, or, or whatever. And we we let the people decide that. And uh, this is a this is a, a big difference from assuming that the government only the government can do it. And they said, well, yeah, but you can't do it with money. They they've been uh, government monopolies have been like that for years. And yeah. uh, of course, that's why the principle of competition. But there's a lot of a lot of things to iron out on these things. Because you have to have a system of laws because the, the contract would be important. You can't just say uh, this thing's worth five million dollars yeah. like the government does. Yeah, That's yeah. the fraud I can't stand. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's something. But competition is still because that's what happens when the economy collapses. Because the, the market, you know, finds something to be used for transaction, which took thousands of years to find, is to, and that's why gold and silver was used. They, they used it as a substitute because you can't, it's hard to measure cows and, and, yeah. and pigs and exchange them. You have to have something to measure it by. You have to have a, a unit of account. So that, that's, that's the, the important thing. But I was satisfied with their article because <laughs> they, they might have made some fun. Yeah. But they, they didn't... Uh, and they didn't decide that he was a uh, a, a kooky gold standard guy. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> in a way, there's a lot more people thinking along the lines. There is a substitute. And you mean that is a possibility that free market money could work? Yeah, that's where it all that's where it all goes when this falls apart. It might not last, but eventually it crashes down. People find substitutes. Then the government decides to, to uh, you know set set up a new standard. And when you think about it, uh, we're we're on our third effort for this because we did it after the continental money collapsed and we did it after the civil war and the greenbacks collapsed and we went back to gold so this uh, uh and, and right now we're we're going to leave paper because more and more people i'm very impressed on how much attention is given to the uh, weakening uh, respect the dollar has on international markets yeah. as a as a world reserve currency so exciting times ahead but <laughs> Risky. <laughs> Risky. Well, we definitely admire the spirit of a lot of the, our friends that are in the crypto community. Uh, by the way, at the Ron Paul Institute, we happily take Bitcoin. Go to ronpaulinstitute.org. Uh, we love and value your donations, your contributions uh, in Bitcoin, whether anonymously or however. Um, the last thing, Dr. Paul, is oh, probably as we speak, uh, our Ron Paul Institute uh, representative is signing the contract with the hotel June 4th in Houston, downtown Houston. Uh, it's going to be a great conference. We'll start announcing speakers uh, in the next few days, but it's going to be a great little event. Uh, very timely. We're talking about the massive geopolitical shifts that we're witnessing as we speak. Uh, so mark it down on your calendars. I promised an update yesterday. I wasn't able to finish it, but I will finish it today and send it out. Uh, and uh, we look forward to seeing as many of you there as can make it. Well, I'd sure like to attend that conference. Yeah, we'll let you in. We'll let <laughs> you let me come in. We even give you a sandwich. <laughs> I want my discount. <laughs> yeah, so, very well. I want to thank our viewers for tuning in today because uh, we depend on you for the support. Because the emotional and psychological support that we get by saying, you know, this is a good program. I've learned something from it. And uh, continue to do what you're doing. 
way. And we understand the position you have, that you're seeking truth, you do your very best. No one person uh, has been known to know every single thing that is the absolute truth. But there's a big difference between seeking truth and always insisting in moving in that direction versus the nihilist and say, truth is impossible. We don't want to mess around with that. And then we end up with a system of government and a system of world politics like we have today because uh, there's a lot of people that resent and are very hateful to people who seek truth and, uh, and then come back philosophic and say, well, you're dealing with something you can't know. You can't, you can't know truth, but you can know if you're moving toward telling the truth and you can sure tell the difference in journalism. You can tell uh, when a, a true journalist is out there reporting and that, of course, is what we, what we look for uh, to rely on uh, the information they give and uh, there's more of them out, more out there than we realize so many of them have been uh, silenced that somebody may have been canceled they have been putting the truth out there and all of a sudden it's difficult they lose their jobs in universities they lose their their jobs in newspapers and and even publishing books and uh, all these kind of things but truth will win out in the end and that's the good word I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.